Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so it should be good to go. So, yeah. I gotta ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So, living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Nation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within their communities. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. This portion of the Behind the Wheel podcast is brought to you by the folks at the Creative Print Workshop. Yo, these folks, I tell you, you see the grit shirts, you've seen the grind shirts. I did a 30-day grind social media experiment, and I wore that shirt for 30 days, yo. And I washed it, obviously I washed it, but the care and the, the texture, the print, the ink, everything held up. So I'm very impressed, yo. For real, for real. When I tell you that the ink on the shirt held up, the colors of the shirt held up, I was so impressed. I contacted the manufacturer that makes the shirts. I contacted the creative print shop and said, yo, man, I'm very impressed with your shirts. I'm happy, pleased. And so, yes, they are, they are a proud sponsor of the Behind the Wheel and how I'm building this podcast. You know, they started in 2000. That's 11 years ago as a custom design company that drew custom designs on apparel with fabric paints. Yo, Brother Hazel has been in the printing and design industry for 20 years, yo. Over 20 years. I mean, when, you, when I tell you about the, the process, the care, it's one thing to say, you know, it's, it's a black-owned company, but the professionalism with which they handle your your order from Zanti, who is, you know, the office manager who's in customer service, always pleasant, always upbeat. Before you go to place your order, yo, there is a consultation. You sit down with the CEO and founder, the chief executive officer of everything, Brother Hazel, and man, it is um, from from the ordering process to review. You can approve your orders online. So if you're in need of design, print, garments, yo, they handle everything. I'm getting some mugs, some of the killer mugs. I can't wait till they come in, yo. Yeah, so to talk to a designer, give them a call at 443-842-3900. That number again is 443 443- 842-3900. Yo, she's jogging on the block. All black, everything. The number again is 443-842-3900. Or you can email if you've got a question. Info at thecreativeprintshop.com. That's testing one, two, testing one, two, testing one, two, thecreativeprintshop.com. Right, all right, all right. Yo. Yo, what's good? What's good, man? I'm I'm recording. You see it saying recording in the corner, right? <laughs> We good. Yo, I got off the phone. I'm like, shit. I ended it. I'm like, all right, yo, let me get ready. To... Yo, I don't, I don't see that message that comes across the screen. Oh, the same. <laughs> oh, shit. But I'm going to bring the same energy, man. 
As if we hadn't exactly. even spoken from the um from from the jump. So let's get right into it. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host Deoxley. Yo, you're here on Connecticut's number one podcast running business and entertainment. Yo, we got a special guest today, DJ Five Venoms. What's good, brother? What's good? What's good? What's going on, man? How you doing today? Great, man. Great. Just uh, been on the road for like the last month or so. So but we good, man. We we building. Yeah, you making it happen, man. I'm like, yo, this guy is originally from Philly, grew up in yeah. New Jersey, then migrated and started cutting his teeth down in Florida. That's really started making a name for himself. So tell yes, folks sir. about yourself, how you got started in this, this music industry. All right, so I'm DJ Five Venoms. I'm a Rolling Loud's official DJ, uh, the biggest hip hop festival in the world. Uh, right now, I'm on tour with uh, Rod Wave on the Soulfly tour, so I'm hitting up pretty much every big major market in the country over the next. Uh, well, we're halfway through the tour at this point, so like for like another month or so, uh, you know, uh, held some crazy residencies at some big clubs in Miami, uh, Live Story Eleven, uh, radio show on Sirius XM, Rolling Loud Radio. And you know, just been putting in, uh, been grinding for for a long time. So, yeah, you've been definitely putting in the work, man. Definitely putting yes. in the work. What what started you on this on this path, though? Um. Well, I mean, it started when I was a little kid. Uh, always around music. I played drums and bands and everything. And then uh, when I was like, I think around like ten, my cousin's a DJ. Uh-huh. And I used to go spend my summers in Virginia with him. And uh, when he would go to work, I would just be in his room going through all his records. <laughs> and that was like my education because it was like mid 90s. So this is like the era Nas, Wu Tang, uh, you know, it, like that whole like DMX, uh, Redman, Eric Cern, like all that type of mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like I was getting my education from going through all the music and learning. And, you know, kind of and that's kind of stayed with me, that whole era of hip hop. And when I got older, uh, you know, it was like this thing that I just went back to. And now, you know, started taking seriously and wanted to build a career around it. Yeah. So you went you went to school for music and did a double major. Yes. Yes. I went to uh, Full Sail University. Uh, it's technically in Winter Park, Florida, but it's like the Orlando area. Okay. Uh, went there in like 2008, the end of 2007 into 2008 and 2009. Uh, got a degree of recording arts there and a uh, and a bachelor's in uh, uh, music business. Mm. So now, before you made this this transition, you were you were going on a different path. Yeah, I mean, I, I was playing in bands i was uh i had went to another school before that uh-huh. which was a uh, community school and for me it was like i was going there for music uh you know learning like music theory and playing you know, like i said i was a drummer so i was playing in jazz bands and and everything and once i i was there for like you know he's only really supposed to go to community college for two years i was there for three because okay. they don't like set they didn't set you up right like they go they, they tell you to take the minimal amount of credits and not give you like the full credits to get out and it to, to to do it quick so uh in my third year i had finished like all my core music courses so like i kind of got bored 
Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we're taking like math classes and, and English and all this stuff like that. And I just got really bored and it just felt like high school. And I, I just lost concentration in class, like professors teaching and I'm just zoned off, not thinking about anything they, they talking about. And eventually it was just like, I was just stopped going. And, <laughs> and then I, you know, I had like a period there. I'm just like not going to school. I'm working, but it's just, I need to figure something out. So what 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 changed it for you? Um, well, I I, I discovered Full Sail, and uh, well, my mom. Well, first it was my mom. She was pissed at me for dropping out of community college, like <laughs> that, you know, because like she she instilled in me having that like plan and having like you know do what you want to do, but make sure you have a solid solid foundation to fall back on. Mm-hmm. So you know, having that degree, I always have something there, that education. And I don't think it's really about the degree personally, it's about the education and the knowledge that you have, but having that to fall back on, you know, if, you know, say something goes awry, I always have something there. So the, uh, the, the idea I discovered full sale, which was a school that's literally targeted at, you know, music or film, video to get you know anything in entertainment Mm -hmm. the design like you you name it they teach it there and it it was like it was hands-on it was you know the experience and network around people that are in the same mindset as you well well, that's what they tell you at least (laughs) ahead of time (laughs) but um so did you discover that to be true when you got there or or was it yes and no because i um that school can portray itself to be like think people like so say for example like you're a dope producer right you're at home you're making your beats you're doing all that right well that's great but that school is way bigger than just making beats or being a dj or recording like they teach you the history of everything like so if you learn about electricity and how the electricity is going through the boards that you're touching, building computers, like it's not just like, yo, turn this knob, turn that. No, you're learning how to build a computer and build the boards, like learn how to put circuits together. You're learning like, yo, this is the guy that created this. This is the guy you learn all the history and mm-hmm. the timeline and everything. So it's not just like, oh yeah, well, this plug in here or or you know this sound and that like you're learning frequencies how sounds moving like they teach you so in depth mm-hmm. and then build it up from there because once you learn how something works you yeah. can manipulate it yeah and you you can do things with it that you know can help you in the long term so it really really starts you from scratch and build you up so a lot of people going into that school aren't prepared to be like going to school like they're thinking they're gonna be sitting in front of keyboards all day and, let me just, let me and just recording yeah it's not that at all it's the revenge and, you know, of analog <laughs> exactly and it's like you're learning um that it, and then also the other part is it's it, it teaches you the school runs 24 7 so like I'll have classes at like 8 a.m., 9 a.m., but then I'll have a class later on that's at like 1 a.m. Mm. And then I'll have class again. So it teaches you like industry time because a lot of sessions you might in real life, you know, uh, an artist might come in the studio and it might be 1 a.m. They might did a show and then they got to get in the studio at 1 a.m. Or or they're coming into town and they got to lay a verse and it's 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And they're in there until the sun comes up. And then you might have another session at 12 p.m. Like, so you get three hours of sleep. So 
that's how the school is lined up and you're working. They have you going to class and showing up at class and leaving classes. Like you'll go into class, it'll be pitch dark in the morning and you're leaving and the sun is up. Mm-hmm. Then there's a whole nother other students coming in. So it really teaches you like real life. They call it a real life education. Mm-hmm. And then one of the, one of the major things they instilled in us though, was like the network. Like you're only as good as your network coming out of uh, that school. Cause one thing um, I had a step up on, I believe, which is like when, once I, when I moved into, moved to Orlando, my first thing was to start networking, like figuring out who's who in the city. You know, I might go to the, the nightclubs and, 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 um, and tap in with the, 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 the big name DJs out there or like the club promoters and, and so on. So I was building my network. So when I got done school, I was already working. I already had like a plan set up with a lot of people. Like they didn't necessarily know what they were going to do. And like full sale teachers, like they tell you like, oh, yeah, we're going to we have like a job placement situation where uh, we will uh, get you a job coming out of school. But what that job is, you don't really know. You know how much pay is going to be like it. So you really can't depend on that. You kind of got to go after it yourself and be a grinder. Cause like, it's, it's a real, uh, you know, you're working for yourself for the most part. So like, you're only going to get the best job that you put yourself in position to get. Yeah. Yo. So it seems like you really, uh, position yourself to be successful. Cause it could just be, a, I'm just a DJ, man. I'm playing music. You know, I well, got records, I, I got vinyl, and this is it. But you, 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 your whole yeah. approach just seems different. Yeah, my approach was like, if I if I see a place I want to be, let me figure out how to get there. Like, mm-hmm. if if I want to be DJing and live nightclub, right? I got to figure out where, how do I get to that point? I'm not, I'm nowhere near it. But how do I get to it? Who are the people I need to meet? All right, where are they? All right, I need to be there. Okay, there they are. Introduce myself. And then you build on there. Because, like, one thing I learned in networking is, like, it's not always, like, the first interaction that builds the relationship. It's multiple. It's, like, seeing them multiple times. And then they're like, okay, the face becomes familiar. You you might, you are you in the same rooms consistently? And you're... Okay, you might be, you might be doing something. Let me see what you got going on. Like, let's mm-hmm. build a relationship. You consistency of things yeah. so um you know even in the industry i think that's one of the reasons like the industry is so small where you see a lot of the same people doing the same things on the on, on on certain levels uh they because they're consistent and they're continually continuously doing those things mm. so the um that's a skill man yeah, it's just, but it's it's having that mindset of like going after what you want and 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 tracking it down. Like, yo, you gotta have a, and the, but that's like the other part about it too is like you gotta have a plan. Like, you can't just be out here, you know, hoping <laughs> things are gonna happen. Like, I hope I can get this gig. I hope I can. Hopefully, it'll come to me. And don't get me wrong. Like, when you start putting yourself in position, certain things start coming in. Like certain, you know, certain things will start presenting themselves. So like you might have this goal, but this is another opportunity that that uh, can come your way based off of you chasing this. I'm like, oh, well, there's this over here, you know. So it's like there's been and, and, and this is one thing, too. I've learned like a lot of times I'll lose gigs. Right. 
like being a DJ, it's just a regular thing. You get gigs, you lose gigs, you're, you're booked all the time. Like one month, next month, you might not have no gigs. Things happen, right? But I've learned that like taking those things that I lose, I might be losing them for a reason. So I could have, I'll be available for a bigger opportunity down the road. And then that's happened a lot. <laughs> mm. So yeah, you can be, oh man, getting down and feel like, uh, world is yeah. and another opportunity presents itself. So where'd you just develop this mindset? I think it's just experience. Like, I think it's, it's, it. like, don't get me wrong. Like when you're in the middle of some of this stuff, like you're not thinking this way. <laughs> it's, it's looking back on it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just having like that, that push and that, that, you know, not give up spirit too. Like you just can't give up. If you have a goal and this is something you're passionate about and you want to be that, like if you, you know, you want to be in an industry that you want to be successful, like having that not give up uh, mentality is going to get you through it. Mm-hmm. Like finding a way, yeah. figuring it out. Like, and then, but that is also multiple things. Like you just can't sit there and hope it's going to happen. You got to be pushing through. You got to, you know, if you're finding that you're not having enough skills, you got to build those skills. If you're finding that you don't know enough about something, you got to go get educated on it. Yeah. Like you got to do the things so that you're prepared when the next opportunity comes and you knock it out the ballpark. Yeah, absolutely, man. So walk us through the process of how you got to uh, be on Rolling Loud. Okay. So that happened... Uh, that process where I started like 10 years ago, uh, I was DJing for an artist named West Fifth uh, mm-hmm. in Orlando. He had a song called um, Haters with uh, B.O.B. Okay. So the song was really buzzing. He had a pretty good following in Orlando. So uh, he was approached by Tarek and Matt, who are the owners of Rolling Loud, uh, to open up a show. Uh, they were just started their uh, promo company. Uh, a touring company called Dope T. So they were booking at the time underground artists and touring them through Florida. They saw a void that like a lot of these art hip hop artists weren't coming through Florida. They were fans of, and they figured if we're fans of them, there's probably other people that are fans of them and they would want to see them. So their first tour was uh currency. So they had booked Wes as like a local support because he, they knew he had a following and it would help with the promo for the show. Uh, so we did the first show, and I'm like, yo, this is so dope. And mind you, like, I'm not, you know, I'm a club guy, so, like, Currency isn't, like, some, one of the artists that I'm playing in the clubs continuously. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, a whole different lane. This is music that I'm not necessarily playing. And I'm like, this is dope. The crowds are reacting. The energy's dope. So I, I talked to Tarek, and man, I'm like, yo, can I DJ your shows, like, be in the open, do like an opening set and then DJ for the openers and so on. And they're like, yeah. So I started becoming their, their DJ for Orlando and, and about four years of doing that. They're doing like two to three shows a month. Uh, sometimes like it'd be two shows a week. Like they were just doing a lot of touring up and down Florida, uh, like four years. in, they came up with the concept for rolling loud. They were looking at, uh, EDM festivals and seeing like, okay, there's like these big festivals are all over the world, but there's no hip hop equivalent. 
And when I say that, like we had Rock the Bells, we had other tours and big festivals that were hip hop. But like the, the experience was you came in, you stood in, in, in the grass with everybody and you just watched them perform. There was really nothing else outside of that that had you in there and, you know, and to interact with. So uh, they did the first show. The first Rolling Loud was in Miami uh, in uh, 2015, I believe. Okay. And uh, the headliner was Schoolboy Q. So uh, I drive down, me and Wes drive down from Orlando that morning. It's pouring raining. <laughs> we get to Miami. It's like stopped for a little bit. We walk in the venue and like doors are about to open as people lined up. It's probably the most rain I've ever seen in Miami, ever. Streets are flooded. The venue starts flooding. People, like, if you go look at, there's, like, a recap video from it. People are running in, and they're, like, sliding in, like, a, uh, <laughs> like first base. Like, they're running and, like, tripping to slide in. But it's just water, and they just slide through the door. Um, but the show has to go on. You know, this is like a big pivot for them and, and their careers as promoters and the idea. So a lot of money invested. They booked out all these artists. So probably like three, four hours of rain. Trips will pour down flash floods, like the, the streets, like crazy rain. Uh, mind you, we have stages like two, two of the stages are supposed to be outside. So those mm-hmm. stages are shut down. So we're running like back-to-back artists inside mm-hmm. trying to get all the artists that are supposed to perform to perform. Eventually the rain stops. They open up the stages outside and like things start getting like back on time and smooth and like people pull, start pulling up because they weren't moving in the rain. And we had a really dope show. Uh, people loved the, the energy, the idea of it. And then, you know, they executed it the next year, uh, bigger like twice as many people sold out then the next year was the 2017 show and that was like one of our like landmark shows like the lineup was like um we had travis scott asap rocky uh post malone mm-hmm. little wayne um kendrick lamar and this is like right after the damn project just dropped like a uh-huh. like maybe a month before uh uh, XXX Tatanshian was like one of his first shows after he got out of jail the first time. So it was like, then there's so many like moments at this show that like went down. They're like hip hop history like moments, and mm-hmm. and that was like the landmark show that like really put us on the map. I feel, and uh, but then we started doing other cities. Uh, around we we did the Bay Area that year, and then we did California. So then now it's just like history. We're just getting bigger and better, and traveling around the world. So like as the festival grew, my career's grown, mm-hmm. and now I'm representing that brand outside of when the festivals are going on in the clubs or you know radio and all these different things because I'm the official DJ for the festival. Yeah, that's what's up, man. I mean, yeah. it's just as an ambassador, like seeing an opportunity and saying, yo, well, this is not really what I'm, but I see something. Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of people it. didn't get it. Like, uh-huh. they're like, like I'm turning down club gigs to go do these shows. And like, mind you, like the budgets aren't that big. So I'm not making that much money doing these shows. Mm-hmm. And like, 
I could go do a club and get the notoriety for being in the club. But I was like, yo, there's something about these shows and, and, and like, I can always do the club, but these shows and dealing with these artists and networking and a lot of people, music industry wise, these shows are really where it's at. Like when you can do hard ticket shows and have fans pull up on you, you really have a fan base. And a lot of people don't even understand that or artists coming up don't understand. They're like, yeah, I get booked for the club. I make, you know, 20,000. They book me for the club. But it's like, all right, that's cool. But there are already people that are going to come to the club. There yeah. are already people, you know what I mean? You're going to do like 15 minutes, but like, yo, can you come at seven o'clock, have people lined up outside of a venue, Yeah, come in and their whole goal is to see you perform, sing your songs. Mm-hmm. And, pay, and get paid the same amount. And then that's the real, you know, disciple. If you really got that fan base, buy your merch. And you know what I mean? Really dig in on you and represent you as an artist. Like, that's the real goal with yeah. this. It's like them hard ticket shows. Them hard ticket shows. I was reading mm-hmm. um, Rick Ross' book. He's like, yo, the shows, the pandemic shut a lot of that down. Mm-hmm. And now you got to pivot. Like, yeah. what do you do now? He was like, I'm gonna start cutting my grass and figure yeah. something out, you know. But it's it's just real, you know. That's just okay. What what am I gonna do at this point when that money yeah. slows up? I can't go nowhere and do anything else, you know. What's next? And being able to figure out like what's next is uh, is critical, man. It's yeah, I was as a DJ, everything's live. Everyone things in clubs, shows, festivals for me. So my pivot. Uh, was like right now I'm releasing music like I'm, I've been working with different artists I, I have a new single out now called uh, Look at What I Did with Big Javi from Atlanta and Yak Gotti uh, that's mm-hmm. part of uh, YSL he signed to, to Young Thug so I that was a pivot for me it was like okay I can't do clubs can't DJ there's no festivals right now and that's really what my bread and butter was so I'm like alright cool I got relationships with artists let me drop records. Let me put, start putting mm-hmm. some records together. So mm-hmm. dropping records. And then even with Rolling Loud, like we transitioned, like, all right, we can't do outside festivals. Well, we can do Twitch content. We were already doing video games on Twitch. So like, let's do shows. Let's do festivals. We're doing like uh, our loud stream. So we would book artists and they have like the stage, the sound stage, the stage and everything. And we're doing shows and we're doing like really well with that. But now we back outside. So back outside. It's okay. <laughs> so you guys are coming to Connecticut, August, August, yeah, October the first. Yeah, Soul yeah, the Soulfly tour. Fly tour. Yeah, with Rod Wave, I'll be there. Um, super excited. Like the the tour has been amazing so far. It's been a little bit different for mm-hmm. me because Rod's Rod's music's like not like the turn up music. It's not, you know, it's not Travis Scott music. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not that. But it, I've never seen the energy, the way that he gets from his crowd. When I'm talking about that hard ticket stuff, he is the definition of it. People are fam- sold out shows, sold out shows everywhere, right? Families pulling up with their kids, like mom, dad, five-year-old, 10-year-old. <laughs> I seen like next to grandpa, grandma with the street dude next to him singing the same songs passionately. Like, wow. it, I mean, it, it like incredible. Like, it's such an incredible experience. Like, you can barely hear Rod because mm-hmm. the crowd's so loud. Like, it's amazing. Oh, man. Amazing. You know, 
So after this, what's what's next for you, man? After you wrap up this tour and with, um, folks shoot, we got uh, Rolling Loud New York. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the uh, October twenty eighth through the thirtieth. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I was like, that's a first for us. Is doing a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wow! But uh, Fifty Cent's headlining Thursday, so that's gonna mm-hmm. be really dope. Um, then we have uh, Rolling Loud California in December, and that that should end my year. Uh, po- hopefully some more tours. Uh, back on the radio soon, hopefully too. And then uh, nightclub, you catch me in Miami. Uh, definitely be uh, traveling to hitting up nightclubs all over the country. Yeah, and you got your record label. Yes, yes, yes. Sick World Music. Uh-huh. Uh, definitely look it up. Uh, dropping. I got artists uh, working on signing artists, working with different artists right now. Baby Wood Slime. Uh, and, um, you know, I got more records coming, too. So I got a few records dropping in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, we just grinding, man. We're working. That's working, what's up, putting man. the plan in motion. Yeah, you, you're definitely putting the plan in motion and then executing, man. Yeah, you know, I, I certainly appreciate you taking time out your day um, to be with us, man. Enjoy the rest of the day. Get some rest. <laughs> I appreciate it. Come up to, to uh, CT Fresh, man. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. All right, now. Peace. Peace.